Yes, my friends, and welcome back to the John Mahon Show, powered as always by Forever Loud. Welcome back. Yeah. It's like we never left. First show of 2024, episode number 24 as well. Wow. Yeah. Look at that synergy. Look how crazy numbers are. Yeah, it's like we <laughs> planned it. Yeah, and speaking of numbers, it's like it's 1985. Oh, that is a beautiful segue. And <laughs> So what was it? Someone was when that song came out. It's now closer to when this song came out than that song came out was to 1985. Wow! Uh, no, further away, further away. Even. Yeah, yeah. That is so when that song came out. Statistic. Yeah. <laughs> so we're actually, yeah. There's someone out there just coming up with well, rock someone facts did. To someone make people feel old. I think someone did a cover of it. But they changed the they changed the lyrics to 2005 or something. Yeah, like and they two. changed like the themes of the lyrics. Yeah. yeah, I did see that. But the reason yeah. we're talking about that is because our first live guest of 2024 is going to be Jarrett Reddick from Bowling for Soup. He'll be joining us at 7:05, so quite literally in three minutes, very fast out of the gates into our first interview of the year, which is how we want to start. Just start hot. Yeah, so hot. So I don't know. <laughs> What was, what, uh, I was thinking of were you so fishing, fresh, were you fresh fishing and so for clean, but hot's not in there. No. Yeah, hot and fresh. Well, I'm not. Are you feeling fresh this new year? Fresh-ish. I was feeling fresh until I drank the other night, and then uh, uh, bring I, me the horizon. I haven't uh, felt fresh since then. <laughs> yeah, I was I was ill over Christmas. Yeah. Bad, like not fun. So I, you know, when you're forced to rest, like you have to spend time in bed, and it's not the same as just actually relaxing. Like it was like I physically couldn't do anything. It was like oh, okay, cool. Oh, yeah, just, and over Christmas as well, because it's like you have to do all the family stuff. and Yeah, plus it was our birthdays as well. Happy birthday. Not on the same day. Yeah, not on the same Yours day. is arguably worse than mine. Yeah, for sure. 24th, because sure. no one's like, I guess people do go out on the 24th. I was lucky this year because of the 23rd falling on a Saturday. Yeah. that's That was a bit of bit of luck because i was djing with benji webb from skindred in birmingham mm. over at the devil's dog and then did as he it, wish you a happy birthday he did yeah did it did say happy birthday i was gonna do a depression then <laughs> <laughs> happy birthday <laughs> <Run. laughs> that was terrible That's a solid benji webb impression <laughs> and then yeah a couple of days later it's your Get birthday. a little newport birthday helicopter a birthday copter yeah yeah i'm 29th and i turned 21 can you believe it <laughs> He doesn't look a day over 18. <laughs> I look he? terrible for 21. <laughs> <laughs> so. Oh, not at all. I think you make a gorgeous 21-year-old. Yeah. I mean, 21 going on <laughs> 40. <laughs> I'm not 40, by the way. No, Ollie's not 14. 25. I used to work with a voiceover artist who won't be named, who was also a radio DJ. I mean, some people could probably figure out, but no one cares that much. His stage age was just always 27 and he was just no matter how old no, he got yeah we, i probably worked with him for like five six a years stage age is still a thing but he was just always 27 over five years <laughs> that i've known that i knew like are there anyone in like in bands or making music who still have stage ages do you reckon yeah 100 percent. yeah anyway my friends 
let's talk about today's show because joining us in probably about 60 seconds time is Jarrett Reddick from Bowling for Soup. Oh no, Jarrett's already here. Wow, damn. Well, my friends, let's introduce to you a man who sings in a punk rock band. He almost got drunk at school at 14 where he almost made out with a homecoming queen. He has around 110 tattoos. He's way more country than you. And one time in Las Vegas, Garth Brooks said he was a fan. My friends, please welcome to the John Mahon Show, Jarrett Reddick from Bowling for Soup. Hey, how's it going? Good. We are very well, sir. How are you? Doing very good. Yeah, I, I didn't know if I was on yet when this thing started. And uh, so I was just sitting here trying to play along with your fun <laughs> thing. You know, you know, maybe stage ages are a thing. Do you guys remember? So you guys are too young, but there was this show called The Comic Strip in the UK. And yeah. from it came this fake band called Bad News. It was Rick Mayall and yeah. Adrian Ed yep. and, and, you know, legends, right? Nigel Planner was part of it. The guys from uh, the Young Ones, basically. And uh, anyway, they had like this whole thing where they were just like, you know, how old are you? Twenty-eight. Oh, I'm sorry, <laughs> seventeen. <laughs> <laughs> And they would play up on all of that stage age thing. Like I, I don't, I don't know that that really does exist anymore. I know that there's a few people that I've run into that they just don't talk about how old yeah. they are. You know, they duck the question. I feel like maybe I in don't... in the rock world, it's less so. I mean, maybe some pop stars are. <laughs> I sort of feel like honestly, I feel like as we were coming up, like that, I feel like age was sort of this whole thing. Like because I remember when I turned thirty, I was, you know, we were just starting to break, okay. and I remember sort of being a little embarrassed to tell people that I was 30 years old, you know, Damn. but I feel like nowadays it just doesn't matter. Yeah. Whatever, you know, like I, people just don't care. Look at jelly roll. Yeah. Right. I'm exactly. I mean, that's a great, and honestly, a lot of those, you know, big country stars that are coming out are not young. Yeah. You know, Did you see his acceptance speech 20s. that he gave at that award show? Yeah. Oh, that was powerful shit, man. Powerful shit. It made me want to run through a brick wall for the guy. I know. That dude, you know, he's like, he's testifying in front of Congress on the fentanyl problem and you know he's uh yeah. he's definitely for whatever whatever he did to get himself into trouble previously in life the guy is certainly doing what he can to make up for it and show that you can be real rehabilitated you know oh a hundred percent a hundred percent a fantastic role model and especially like with you know some of the podcast work he's been doing recently i saw him on theo von's podcast where yeah he's you know, on like, flagrant as well yeah where they were just opening up and he had theo von in tears at one point with some of the stuff that he was talking about so yeah like yeah. more musicians with messages like that please yeah hell yeah. yeah well sticking on a country front let's nice talk. little segue yeah that, yeah it's almost like a planet i did have it later on in the interview but <laughs> it's a nice little it's a too nice a segue to pass up let's talk about the country stuff when did you first want to start dabbling into country music yeah so you know i grew up excuse me in a, in a small town here in texas and smaller town i mean you know but kind of off by its own by itself and and country was king so i grew up listening to pretty much whatever my parents listened to, but also what I was exposed to outside of the house was the same kind of thing. Um, and, you know, again, I'm 51. And so Urban Cowboy was this big movie back when I was a really, you know, when things were very influential in my life that I would see. And and so, you know, I was just a country kid until, you know, around fifth or sixth grade and until I, you know, discovered metal. But so that's my background in all of it. And, you know, it's been very influential even in Bowling for Soup's music. I mean, if you if you think about our songs, they're very story-ish. And that's yeah. that's 1% from the country part of things. You know, like, I, I don't really know that there's another pop punk band that really is as story-oriented no, as, yeah. as we are. Maybe um, like a no effects. Like, they, like Fat Mike's quite good at telling 
like a story if he wants to. He is very good at telling a story. In fact, I told him recently that I was just like, I just don't know how you're ever going to top pump up the volume that record because there's so <laughs> many of those on there, you know, and he, he was like, well, that's my favorite record too. And I was like, you're just saying that. And then he told me to shut up. But, um, but yeah, you know, I, uh, so anyway, so long story long, I always wanted to do a country record, but you know, I didn't really know how to go about it. I, I Bowling for Soup would have done it. It would have just been seen as a novelty and we probably would have even approached it as such, mm. but I, I really wanted to put out a real record. I mean, I've already kind of done the side projects, you know, Jarrett and Kelly, Jarinas, People on Vacation. So COVID happened. The first year I wrote the fir- the newest Bowling for Soup rec- record, Pop Drunk Snot Bread, and then the second year, uh, my buddy Zach was just like, dude, you've been talking about doing this country thing for 15 years. We got the time. Let's just do it. Hell yeah. So we did it. Hell yeah. And <laughs> it was really a foot dabble. You know, it was really like I was just sticking my foot in the water and I was going to just, you know, put this record out and play a few shows. And then, you know, people started to like it. And this and the band came together really well. And and it just, you know, I I was just having breakfast with a good friend of mine the other day. And I said, I'm doing all the things I said I wasn't ever gonna do again. I bought a van. <laughs> now I'm pulling a trailer again. You know, like I'm, I'm setting up my own shit. You know, like it's just you know, it's like all of those things that I said, I'm never gonna do that again, you know, and here I am doing it. But I'm having a ball and, well, you and live in, luckily people you, like it. You live in that country life, getting your truck, drink some yeah. beer. Send a prayer to yeah, the man but, upstairs. You know, that's what's crazy is that, you know, you I do have that song, Way More Country. And my first car was a pickup truck. I mean, I drove Let's pickup go. trucks for years and years. And, uh, you know, I I certainly have always had a pair of cowboy boots. And, uh, you know, it's, um, you know, you yeah. can take the you can take the guy out of the country, but you can't take the country out of the guy kind of thing. <laughs> you know? I think there was a meme when it was like, uh, country is just pop punk emo with acoustic guitars and cowboy hats. You're so not wrong. And that emo is spot on. I mean, honestly, I, I say this all the time. Bowling for Soup songs, when they're first written, they're written on this guitar right here. Oh, and, let's go. and they sound like country songs. Yeah. Until we start to put drums on it and it speeds up. And then I do the uh, thing with my voice, you know, and we we put octave guitars on it and stuff. And it, it's like, you know, then it starts to sound, oh, okay, well, that sounds yeah. like you guys, you know. But it, it's sort of like when we do a cover song, how, you know, we'll take a song like that Miley Cyrus song, Flowers and make it sound like a pop punk song yeah sort of just what we do with the things that i write yeah so that, that's that youtuber alex melton he's on pure noise records now he's got a whole country he's got a whole album yeah, of turning, i miss y'all yeah, yeah turning pop punk songs into country songs and it works so well because i think it's oh, just yeah. you just translate it onto guitar slow it down a bit add a bit more southern twang and then you got a country song. Yeah, what's funny is too the arrangements are about the same. So punk rock, pop punk, or whatever, we we pretty much stayed with, especially the punk punk side of of this. We stayed with the whole like verse, chorus, verse, chorus, eight bar break, chorus, and you're done, right? Yeah. And then sometimes, like Bowling for Soup, we're big on bridges, so like it's verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus, out. But most of that country stuff, and especially the classic stuff, there's no bridge. So there are two and a half to three minute punk rock songs Damn. and you if you speed them up and you put distortion on your guitar or whatever and, and you act a little angsty they're perfect punk rock songs and uh and you know that's that's really again when people are like was it a tough transition musically it was the easiest thing i've ever done because <laughs> I, I really didn't change anything that's amazing 
And what I love as well is you you kept so much of your personality in there because, I mean, like you've got like the sillier versions of songs where you do like the Ohio uh, version acoustically and like you make it country and it suits being country so hard. But then you've got the more serious ones like Drunk As It Takes featuring Frank Turner. And was that Thomas Nichols from American Pie in the music video? It was, yeah. So me and Thomas are uh, are good buddies and, uh, you know, I've, I've helped him with a few songs and... Uh, it was actually my wife's idea. I was just going to get like a guy. Like, One of your best friends is like a real actor. Why don't you just ask him? And I was so glad I did because it's funny because I just think about him as being Tom, you know, and he's real just, just all the time. You know, he's Tom is always on fire, always. And he he got into that character and it was weird. I mean, it was like, again, the reason why actors are actors and musicians are musicians, yeah. but musicians want to be actors and actors want to be musicians. Right. But when you saw him get into that character and sit there at that bar or whatever, and you just felt it. Like I, I remember, and if, if, if you guys watching this or listening to this, haven't seen the video, go, go check it out. Cause it's, it's actually really cool how we got Frank Turner in it, by the way, like, cause we didn't have access to him for him to be in the video. And so the way that we got him in there is, is pretty cool. That, but, that, uh, can I just pull you up on that? Cause that was genius. Like, let's, let's talk about that. Cause like, I mean, you, you can tell the story, but like the production way and like the idea of bringing in or like, obviously, you know, being in bands, you can have conflict to schedules all the time. Someone can't get to the same place you are. Things have got a timeline and the way right. you made this work was so clever. Yeah. It just, you know, it's just because, you know, we all are so tied to our phones all the time. And so essentially we just had Frank literally, you know, he's a busy guy, you know, I consider myself a busy guy, but I think Frank is, is up there. And again, a dear friend and, and very gracious with his time to even be on the song. But I, you know, when it came time to do the video, I'm like, Hey man, like, do you think you could do this in the next couple of days? And he literally said, I'm almost in my hotel room. I'm just going to shoot it in my hotel room. And I was like, that's perfect. Cause I don't want it to be like, you're actually like in some sort of a performance thing. So it was almost like Thomas was talking to a friend on his phone. And and yeah, it was it was very well edited by by my good buddy Sean who who does work for us. Yeah, it, it came out great. There's there's a lot of emotion in that video. Like I, I mean, I I literally was in tears a few times while we were filming it, Damn. you know, and I the, the crazy thing about that song is is I that particular song I wrote 13 years ago. What? When I was trying to become a writer in Nashville and I went and I started to sort of do all these co-writes there and I just didn't like it. I didn't like the vibe. I, I just, it didn't suit me very well. I, I didn't like, and I get it, you know, they have their thing, but it's very much just like an assembly line and they're just assembling all these songs and then just throwing them out there or whatever. And I was just like, where's the heart in all of this? You know, like I, yeah. and I'm not, again, I'm not putting myself above or below anybody. I'm just saying it wasn't my thing, but I walked away with that particular song. Um, and so when I started to put all these songs together, I, I played it for my wife who is much younger than me because I'm a rock star. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, so I played it for her and I just go, does this sound old? And she goes, no, it sounds like you playing country. And I was just like, right. And so I was so glad I did it, you know, and it was, uh, it's my second biggest hit uh, country wise so far. So uh, it, it certainly aged very well. I'm so glad you did it as well, man. Cause like, it's so great to see that side of you. Cause obviously, you know, with Bowling for Soup's lineage, like you guys have always embraced the sense of humor. Like you've flown the flag on how to have fun as being a band, but showing this vulnerable side of yourself and, yeah. you know, lyrically, melodically, and then optically with the video as well, like as a complete package, like you as the band at playing at the bar whilst Tom's going through this heartbreak storyline. Like I, it yeah. was so great to see that you had that in you and you 
can still like deliver these kinds of performances on both ends of the spectrum. Thank you, man. And yeah, that's the thing, right? Is that with the country stuff, Bowling for Soup, I ride, I do ride a lot from the heart. And there are a lot of heartfelt songs, Turbulence and When We Die and uh, Me With No You and things like that. But I have, to, I really am fairly careful how deep I go with Bowling for Soup because I understand what we are. We are exactly as you said and you know we found our niche and we stayed we stayed doing what we do you know and we we're it's like i always equate it to like if you buy a bad religion well even no effects right if you buy no effects or a bad religion record you know exactly what you're gonna yeah. get you know we have not evolved we've just gotten better you know as far as musicians and singers and, and writers and stuff and so you know there are bands that have changed along the way and so for me i know what bowling for soup is and i know what bowling for soup means to people i know what it means to me you know, and as far as like we are that we're that release from the heaviness a lot of times. So the country thing by doing it solo and by just being me, it allows me to to explore things like divorce and finding siblings that you never knew you had. And, you know, my relationship with my parents, you know, I mean, like there's and my children and things like that to where like really subject matter wise, it wouldn't make a lot of sense in a Bowling for Soup song unless I sneak it in on you and you don't really know yeah. that that's what I'm talking yeah. about, which is what I do. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. that's amazing man and i mean final question about your country stuff i mean like hop on a train beautiful single again like melodically feels like you're watching a tarantino film then you start singing and all of a sudden it's like is there a mechanical bull going there's people drinking beer on top of tables people line dancing like it's so much fun like have you got any more country stuff lined up for 2024 any releases planned man thank you for asking i yeah we're uh we got three three songs in the can um i'm hoping to have two more done this week before before I leave for tour and um, I, I don't know if it's going to be an EP or a full album. It, it's leaning more towards like a longer EP okay. uh, that I'm going to release in May, actually the, the weekend that Bowling for Soup turns 30. So uh, it's going to be a big weekend. It's going to be a, my second album release and uh, Bowling for Soup's 30th anniversary. And we'll be celebrating 20 years of hangover. You don't deserve as well. So it's uh, a big year. Just a lot happening all at once. <laughs> That's all celebration for just a straight couple of weeks, like pure beer. <laughs> how is, I was going to how is uh, touring these days? What's your sort of schedule like? Or do you sort of take it easy more than you used to? Or is there still a lot of drinking party? You know, you know, it's funny. We, um, <clears throat> we're still crazy as far as like the partying. <laughs> is. I mean, we all get on the bus and it's like, we're 16 years old and like, we're, we, we have to, you know, again, we're not young. Uh, we have to make a few, we have to make effort to, to a few things. Like we do make ourselves go to bed by three or four in the morning. You know, we don't stay up till nine anymore. You know, we do tend to try and eat like at least one healthy meal a day. And, you know, there's little one vegetable decisions, right? It's, it's not that rock and roll, but. Yeah. The fact is, is, we've stayed pretty busy and last year was a really busy year, but this will be the busiest year of our career, actually. Um, we're doing, we're going to be over in the UK at least twice uh, that, that has been announced. So notice I'm saying at least, <laughs> at twice. least twice. I like at it. least twice. So we'll be there February for our uh, soon to be sold out tour with less than Jake and the Vandaliers. And then we'll be over for download. And then we're doing Canada for the first time in 15 years. Wow. Uh, and then three, three week tours here in the United States. And then all of the stuff that goes in between all that, <clears throat> excuse me, not to mention on the months that Bowling for Soup, like say March, August, November, the months that fall where Bowling for Soup isn't on the road, I'll be playing country shows fantastic and so uh 
you know, as busy, it's as busy as we've ever been, but quite frankly, business is up too. You know, I mean, I, it's, it's crazy to think that we're doing arenas now in, in the UK and that's all new, you know, we've never, this is, you know, it's just continued to grow and the resurgence of the, of the genre certainly hasn't hurt. And so, you know, I, I am, am vocally I vocally credit, you know, the Machine Gun Kellys of the world and and the Mod Sons of the world for for getting younger kids into this. And then, you know, of course, it doesn't hurt that Blink One Eighty Two got back together. And, yeah. And some Forty One is doing a two year breakup tour, and and uh, Yellow Card got back together, and you know, all of this, and and then you know, all of us celebrating all these milestones too. It's like you got Simple Plan out there celebrating an album anniversary, and Newfound Glory celebrating. Yeah. So we're all just in your face. There's all these old men just touring around playing fun pop punk music, and. Uh, I, you know, it's just awesome. I, it's we're having the time of our life. I always think it's wild, wild that like there's kids that probably weren't born when you came out that are now discovering yeah. you. Because it's like I've I remember you from like the early two thousands. It's when I first heard your band. But then you speak yeah. to some kids now, and like they were born in two thousand and four or whatever. <laughs> it's like yeah, we'll have honestly. I mean, it it's it's pretty nuts. We can have three and sometimes four. I mean, it, it's possible for us to have like four generations. <laughs> wow, we were a bar band in the nineties. So Back in my you day, know, you had some, some person in their thirties that was coming to see us. Well, yeah. they've already had kids, and their kids have had kids, and now those kids are freaking 20 years old you know and uh, so you know it's three generations is not uncommon at all but i believe we have entered the the area where you know uh, they're bringing a little kid and it's you know a four generation loads of little jarrets jarrets running around yeah (laughs) yeah i know right like i i do uh i do do have a look around sometimes just to see if there's any kids with little (laughs) real spiky hair that seem like they're out of control i'm like okay could that be one of mine i don't know but yeah i uh yeah you're and you're so right well and the other thing is too is that you know 1985 was such a huge hit in 2005, but that's also when Phineas and Ferb came out. And so, yeah, so there's this whole portion of the youth who are just now becoming adults who, like, that was their childhood, you know? So you're right. There are a lot of kids that'll be like, you know, that that weren't even born when we started this band for sure. There's a lot of these kids that are coming to our shows that, you know, were born around the time we were having hits. But sure, I mean, there's if you it, when we play colleges, you know, you got to think those kids are 18 yeah. and 20 years old. It's like hangover you don't deserve is 20. Yeah, high school never ends is only 18 years old. You know, wow, old enough to drink here anyway. Yeah, <laughs> jeez, yeah. dude, that's mental. Well, I guess like Disney Plus has all the Phineas and Ferb stuff, so there'll be like kids watching that now. Yep, that will hear yeah. you on the yeah. soundtrack. Yeah, not to mention Jimmy Neutron. I mean, because we did oh, that yeah, movie and then there's. Scooby Doo and you know all these other things and so there's just there's all this exposure but what's cool is is that the parents will say to their kids like hey oh you, that's one of my favorite bands from when I was a kid that's Bowling for Soup and they're and then to the kid they're like oh well that's cool I have something in common with my parents you know and so you know it's it's um I, I feel like you know we still sound similar enough to where we have that youthful thing to where we, we still are kind of that band where young people and their parents agree you know where they're just like all right let's have at least one thing in common yeah what's it gonna be you know and it's this <laughs> fun thing right here yeah it can, it can it, a lot of time my agent says it really well he goes it for for that first generation of bowling pursuit fans we were the first band that their parents let them buy the album even though we said shit on every song <laughs> do you know what i think that was that was me yeah he was just like you know you guys are like you're like that anomaly of like all right 
<laughs> fuck it we're gonna let you guys the thing is the music the, the music sounds Even, happy enough that they, you get away yeah, with it yeah we kind of sneak it in there a little bit you know because you gotta think and especially in the uk too which is really where we blew up first you know the big song was our first big hit over there and you know it did not do well here in the united states really? at all, but it was massive over there because of not? the the video and, and all of that yeah because yeah. we you know we don't have we don't we don't and, and especially back then you guys had such cool you had you know of course Kerrang tv and scuzz and i think this thing called the box and yep you know these MTV all of these things played yeah, yeah. videos and our video channels were already to the point of like they they don't play videos anymore so we just didn't have that outlet unless you were able to get on the radio here and the bitch song really wasn't ever going to translate to pop radio here yeah and so the uk embraced it so quickly and but it you know to us the fact that that song was so massive using a word that you guys don't really use a lot mm. you know you guys would say the c word before you would say that <laughs> yeah <laughs> And over here, we don't use the C word at all. Like, yeah. That's just ever, you know? So, uh, but yeah, it's just an interesting thing, you know, to think about to where it's like, uh, you know, the, the it's, it, you know, with my, with my kids, it was, all, it, I don't, it be, you would be surprised that I'm the strict parent, actually. Damn. Uh, probably surprise you. Just don't and I'm like I was. one about like, I don't really want to listen to music that with just a bunch of cuss words with you, you know, like I, that's yeah. just, I don't, I don't like it. It doesn't make me, but Eminem, most of his stuff, I'll let it slide. Cause I'm like, yeah, I like Eminem. That I was think everybody, the, yeah. And you know, all everybody, the words to stand, but that was the thing. I remember listening to Eminem <laughs> and like, yeah. I was like, how am I getting away with this? There's a song of him killing his wife yeah. in the lyrics. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I was listening to that as like a 12 year old. Yeah. It's like in my room. It's like, yeah. That parental advisory sticker <laughs> did a lot of heavy lifting. It really did. Yeah. And it's and you know, and he got crazier and crazier as it went. You know, it's it, the uh as as he got darker because that first stuff first record, you know, there was some dark stuff to it, but you know, he he made it sound happy, you know. Yeah. It's kind of like Bulletproof Soup, right? Yeah. And then he started to get into the darker stuff, you know, where he's, yeah, he's killing his wife in front of his daughter. And, you know, like, you're just like, wow, you know, <laughs> but I'm certain that that was therapeutic for him because he's, you know, he seems to have done, he's, he's done all right. He's done himself. Well. Yeah, he's, he's leveled out. Well, one thing I actually yeah. wanted to rewind to was you just bringing up then Kerrang TV and Skos TV. Because, I mean, a lot of my musical discovery, like as a teenager, came from those two channels. Like I got into a band yeah. called Busted from the UK. They were massive Green Day fans. So I picked up the Bullet in the Bible live recording that they did, discovered American Idiot and tunes like Jesus of Suburbia. Then that pretty much led me into like metal, but also the broader remit of pop punk. And it was flicking between Kerrang tv and scuzz tv watching your music videos which i'm sure to this day if you were to bang on kerrang tv right now there's a 50 50 chance that a bowling yeah. pursuit music video is going to be being played like how important were music videos to the creation of bowling for soup yeah i mean huge bigger there to start with because again they were getting shown and so you know we set the bar pretty high when we started making videos you know our, we had made a few ourselves but our first big one was the bitch song obviously and uh that was so massive over there and you know we had done it for next to no money and we had managed to really really pull some cool stuff off and so again the bar was set pretty high uh emily did okay uh and then girl the bad guys want was just off the chains over there and it started to do that that one started to get traction in other countries again we still really weren't there us wise punk rock 101 same thing then 1985 uh, this is the odd part is it, you guys probably don't even know this because by then the internet age is kind of starting yeah but 1985 was actually never released 
and worked in the UK. Like Hangover, you don't deserve. But our our album was so our our label was so massive over there. They were like, we can't mess with this over here. So we're just not gonna really do anything with it. But what's crazy is is Girl the Bad Guys want and the bitch song were still going over there. And 1985 was massive in the States. Like it was, we actually had a video on TV for the first time, really, you know, and it was like, uh, so VH1 here would show videos in the mornings is like this breakfast wake up show thing. And every morning before uh, getting my kids ready for school, every single morning was, I was seeing it. And so, yeah, I mean, videos and then then, of course, again, the Internet age starts at that point and videos just really have always been a big deal for us and something to wear like and I, I feel like we get a lot of comments about that 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 we make good videos and that you know and we've you know continue to try to do that you know in this day and age it's it's hard because it it's an investment in your band but it doesn't really help it doesn't make itself back it's like adding a swimming yeah. pool to your house you yeah. <laughs> it doesn't up the value to your house like you never but get you never see any money back from it but people tell you that we love your swimming pool <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. So people are like, oh, I love the swimming pool, but you know, it's not going to up the value. <laughs> you know? and, and so I've never made that analogy before, but I need to make it up because that's a really good one. But, um, and I'm glad you got it. Cause I didn't know if that was a thing in the UK because it is here. Like mm. you places that build a pool, even it'll, it'll even have the sign on the thing. It's like pool. And, but nobody gives a shit. They're just like, yeah, I mean, we're probably going to fill that hole up anyway. So whatever, but, um, <laughs> that's amazing. But yeah, video is always a big deal, you know, and, and such that even after we got dropped by jive, you know, when we, the turbulence was the first video to make on our own when we're coming back. And I was like, we can't, we can't not make a great video, you know? And so I, I made that video for $5,000 and managed to get a fucking airplane for the day. Damn, and dude. I, it just really pulled up like we literally had an airplane and it was like running so that we could have the. I mean, it was wild. And, uh, you know, so I, we managed to, to really show like, hey, we're not going anywhere, you know, and I, I felt really proud of that. And, and you know, we've been um, self self-reliant again since 2009. So we were wow. on drive for nine years and, uh, you know, a lot of people probably don't know that. We're no, on our own. I didn't know that. Jeez. And you're doing your big, your best shows today. I heard. Yeah. I think you were saying yeah, last yeah, year. It's big, morbid. Yeah, it's, uh, it's it's crazy. Wasn't Slam Dunk? I think you said Slam Dunk last year was one of your favorite shows you've ever played. If I'm it, right, it was. There was something about that energy. You know, I. It's all of my favorite shows are always going to be in your country. By the way, so wow. Manchester is my favorite place to play in the world. Yep. Um, but I will say that it's it's hard to because Birmingham is such a close second, and uh, you know London is always amazing, and uh, Newcastle, you know all of them, it's always great, no matter. And even Scotland is great, and Wales is great. But there's something about the way you guys do festivals, and there's just an there's an energy that I don't think other countries quite know how to capture. Mm. You know, or, and um, not that they're not great. You know, we've done them in Canada, Europe, Japan, Australia. United States. I'm sure there's more, but I, there's just something about a UK festival crowd. You know, there's something about how, how much of just part of your culture it is. And so, you know, I have such great memories of, of our first Reading and Leeds and then uh, several downloads, but yep. there's that last slam dunk festival. I think I, I just didn't expect it because we hadn't played slam dunk in, you know, what well, I think six or seven years. And so the last time we played slam dunk, we were just in like a, we were in like a soccer arena, but it wasn't even half full. And then 
in uh, uh, the next day we played on a college. Oh, that's uh, what it was in the city. On a university. Yeah. In uh, Hatfield. Yeah, in the university in Hatfield. Yeah, yeah. and just out on this thing, and there were a few hundred people there. You yeah. know, it was fine. It was great, but it, it wasn't 30,000 people, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, when we got to Slam, there was just, it, the lineup was perfect, and there were so many of our friends there, and, you know, it was just great. But yeah, one of my favorite performances of ours of all time and yeah. uh, what's crazy about that though is that i had so many of those on in the same few months like it's just yeah. like something was happening with bowling for soup like we that show and then we did slam dunk italy and then we got back home and we did riot fest in chicago and it was just all of these massive shows where i could just feel this just energy and everybody singing every word to these songs that I wrote in my underwear in my kitchen <laughs> at my kitchen table, you know, like it's just um, it's it's amazing to be out there 30 years later and people still caring, you know. Yeah, man, because I remember being stood on the top of the hill watching you at Slam Dunk last year. And not only the size of the crowd was something that stood out, but it was the, like you guys were still having fun and being silly up there, but you could tell that it was, it felt different for every single one of you up there. Like I remember looking at yourself and Chris at a couple of points and like, you were both looking at each other being like, it's a lot of fucking people out there. Yeah, like <laughs> yeah totally. Yeah. Again, I, cause I, cause I don't, we didn't expect it. You know, I, that's the thing. I, I we knew that slam dunk was growing, but, and you know, we've played in front of a hundred thousand people, you know, before, but yeah, I, none of us expected that, you know, and, and I, uh, you know, you, you, the other thing is like, you get out there and you're like, we're playing after flogging Molly. Like, are they sure? <laughs> you know, like, is that? And just before the offspring as well, weren't you? What's that? Just before the offspring as well, weren't you? We were, yeah. Just before the offspring. And, uh, and, you know, it was, again, that there's little things that happen in my life to where I'm just like, that is, I mean, cause I've known noodles for a few years just be pass in passing and stuff and you know we know who each other are and i'm starting to look like him which is weird but uh <laughs> i uh yeah i just looked over and dexter was watching our show and you know nodding his head like that and it's you know it's like dude that's a that's an iconic dude you know and just the fact that he's there and and uh nodding along you know it was uh that kind of stuff still just gets me you know i i i still am surprised and uh very very happy when things like that happen hell yeah you absolutely deserve it man like you've written music that is going to live on forever with bowling for soup and like your ultimate good time music like i've been a nightclub dj in the old scene for 10 years and i can guarantee you like for at least 80 to 90 percent of those dj sets has been a bowling for soup song in there whether it's high school never ends girl all the bad guys one like yeah. your songs celebrate life in such a fantastic way which is why no wonder like you make for such a great festival band because it's like cool the drinks are flowing everyone's having high energy usually it's sunny outside as well let's go fucking get silly with bowling for soup yeah yeah no i uh man thank you those that's very kind of you and and uh i you know it never gets old for me like if if i'm sitting somewhere and one of my songs comes on you know i will i uh it some a lot of times it's you know somebody's recognized me and put it into the queue of of whatever's happening but sometimes it's it's just by chance and uh, is that what happened at that bar when you ended oh, up going yeah, yeah when you ended up going up behind that girl oh, while she's singing your tune so, so that story that does she actually it's so don't know. crazy because that video is so massive but <laughs> No, she knew I was there. She, I had already played my country show. Oh, so basically okay. what had happened was she had come to see us play country. 
And I was sitting at the table right behind her. She just didn't know that I was behind her, but it, for, and I probably spoiled it for everybody listening <laughs> to it because every, it, it does appear that that just happened in the wild, right? But no, it was just that I had played this country show and then the bar was like, now let's put on his real hits, you know? <laughs> 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 they're playing all, you know all of the big hits and shit and uh and then so then yeah and i'm just dancing behind that girl and she just didn't know i was there so man it is crazy it's it's funny what a viral video does oh, yeah. you know it's uh it's very weird i had never really had one that massive before um and uh so but yeah that that's what happened there and i started to try to like there was people that were like she she didn't even recognize him after she saw who it was behind her or whatever and i'm like i'd already signed that everything <laughs> for that girl you know what i mean like but I'm just like, I'm just going to let people talk and figure it out, you know, but. Uh, Hell yeah. Make your own narrative. As long as we get the numbers pumping up, that's all that matters. No, exactly. You know streams. what? Call me fat, whatever. <laughs> Somebody else will take up for me and I got five more comments, you know, that's fine. Whatever. <laughs> They'll come back and still stream your songs anyway, man. Like you're 100%. <laughs> that's just it. Yeah, I know. I'm, 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 a, I'm a cross between Jack Black and Chris Farley now and, and I get it, whatever. But, uh, I, I don't mean, know. there's worse I'm, people I'm, to be compared to one of the funny or two of the funniest men alive. And one of them's got one of the greatest voices of all time. You're exactly right. And, uh, I'll, I will take that comparison. I actually do need to trim my beard though. I have, I, I, it's funny. I was, I usually keep this thing pretty short, but we've been off the road for since before christmas oh let's go and uh so i i looked in the mirror a couple of days ago really and i was like oh i kind of get the jack black thing like i i, really, yeah. I need a haircut i need to, to trim my beard a little i think jack black looks cool with the yeah beard. like i'm loving the shades yeah. he's got like with the the, the two toes <laughs> oh yeah totally man yeah he's uh that guy and just what a ball of energy and positivity you, you know have you ever met I mean, the stuff that I haven't, no, I I know that we would certainly hit it off. Yeah. Um, we're very similar yeah. in personality and I think probably humor, sense of humor, but imagine the, that the collaboration, stuff he, the stuff that he did during COVID on, on the internet, yeah. just, you know, like out there just making those dance videos, Jablinski games. <laughs> it was just so great. It was, it, you know, I tried to do that, you know, like just make people smile at a time when it's really hard to do that, you know? And, uh, he did a really good job. Oh, an amazing job. And like, as of you over the years, my friend, like the, the smiles that you have put on people's faces will live forever. I mean, Ollie's got a really cool fact about Sco's TV yep. for you actually before I forget. So I ran the channel in, <laughs> until we uh, eventually demised in 2018. And the last day it was on air, I basically just did a massive playlist throughout the day. But we didn't know exactly when it was going to turn off. And someone actually screen, screen recorded it and put it on YouTube. So the last ever song played on Skuds was was Girls All the Bad Girl All the Bad Guys Guys Want. But it cuts off like yeah. halfway through a verse or something. <laughs> so you were the I, last I, video ever on Skuds TV. I did know that. And uh <laughs> I yeah, I mean I it's I, it's sad. It's it's I it I'm honored, but gosh, I just there was it was so cool. That channel was so great. And and even like, you know, the the um what do you call them? What do you call people that go and do interviews over there? Like presenters. Presenters. Even your presenters, yeah. like, you know, would were all quality and 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 added something to the interview. And, you know, I, I it was it was just always yeah. and they were always very, very supportive. Yeah, Terry, we had Matt Stocks. Matt Stocks. Yeah, uh, yeah. Stuff, and, you know, it's funny. I mean, Matt Stocks, we followed around from Kerrang yeah. to, to, to Scuzz to um, being on tour with you. 
Yeah, everywhere. He, yeah, he's and he's he on does all the DJ sets. Too, yeah, so. hell yeah. Yeah. Well, Jarrett, we cannot thank you enough for your time today, man. It has been amazing just listening to you tell stories. Like we could carry on talking to you for another hour, but I know you're a very busy man. One sec before we get out of here, one thing I did want to ask you: being a Texas man, are you a Cowboys or a Texans fan? So neither. Neither. Fact, oh, okay. Uh, okay. One of the reasons why I uh, am am uh, anxious to uh, get going on my day, I'm a Steelers guy. Okay. Yeah. Good so, luck tonight so, against Buffalo. Thank you. So my dad grew. My dad is from Pittsburgh, and ah. so many of my. Uh, in fact, I just did a TikTok about this a, a couple of days ago. Uh, people are like, "How are you a Steelers fan living in Texas all your life?" And and it's pretty easy. My dad, you know, again from Pittsburgh, and then when I was a little kid, we were the dynasty. So like, I was watching them win Super Bowls every year, and then every year for Christmas just my dad's whole family is just Steeler stuff. And so, uh, you know, and I just always loved the colors and, um, you know, so I, uh, yeah, born and raised Steelers fan. And, uh, and so I, I'm a Cowboys sympathizer because so many of my friends okay. love the Cowboys. But if, if, uh, if, if it affects the Steelers in any way, I will 100% <laughs> turn on them. That's fantastic. Well, yeah. Kickoff is in well, a couple of hours time. Yeah, in the about an hour and a half, and uh, so yeah, I'm. Uh, I told my wife I would do the dishes because her her dad's coming over, and so uh, I, I was supposed to do a show today. Actually, that's the reason why I told you that I had a hard stop. But I, it's icing here, and what happens when it ices where we live is sometimes the power goes out, uh, and I didn't want to be scrambling around trying to put on an uh, an acoustic show with the power going in and out. So I just moved my show to Wednesday. So so this is I, I'm glad that I got to hang out with you guys a little bit longer because this has been awesome oh that's fortuitous and that's very very lovely of you to say man it's been an absolute honor like having you on here like you're an absolute hero both mine and i as we grew up on your music so getting the opportunity to ask you some questions has has been an absolute honor thank you ever so much so we've got you and i had met uh i think during covid doing like the game show thing yep and yeah then, we did rock the week and then when i when i saw you at slam dunk i remember just going i did not realize how tall you were <laughs> like i knew you were a muscly guy but I had no idea you were just like this massive dude. Although sometimes dude. he adds inches with his yeah. big boots. I've started wearing plat like Kiss plat platform boots now when, <laughs> oh, when I go out to shows. Because okay. like since okay. doing the internet content thing, if I'm trying to take videos or live shows, the taller I can be, the less other phones are in shot. So yeah, I've started borrowing okay. inches just like Gene well, Simmons. <laughs> maybe that's what it was though but i remember just going i was telling rob i'm like man i've done like five things with that guy on the internet and i would have never guessed that he was this tall <laughs> well fun fact for you i was going through my instagram today the first time i ever interviewed you was 10 years ago this year at a festival in bristol hit the deck wow okay, yeah. Hit the deck yeah. festival yeah. yeah yeah so 10 10 years of me sitting down and asking you questions man it's been an honor <laughs> Well, dude, I, I am honored to to still be someone that you would still want to talk to. And you guys are great. Good luck with the show. And thank you, man. Uh, anytime, anytime you need uh, you need somebody to fill in and, and talk to you guys, just let oh, me know. Bro, that means the world. Thank you ever so Legend. much. So don't forget, my friends, you got Bowling for Soup UK tour pretty much sold out. There's like a handful of tickets at a couple of shows. Yeah, a whole uh, actually sold out, but they found some tickets. Uh, so the there are the some, some more tickets in Hull. Cardiff, man, we're trying to get everybody to go. That 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 show is crazy. We were only supposed to do half the arena, and it looks like we're going to sell out the whole thing. Oh wow! Um, and so it will be literally the biggest headline show of our career. Oh um, my days! So 
we're hoping uh, it looks like it's going to happen, but I don't, you know, I don't want to point to the fence. I'd rather tell people like, Hey, come see us in Cardiff. Uh, there's still some tickets left. Well, I'm half Welsh. I, I'm always looking for excuses to go to us. I'm going to come see you in Cardiff if that's going to be the case. Bring Big it, man. Hey, come come and, and hang. And uh, and yeah, man, you know, love to see you. And uh, it's less than Jake and a, and a band from Texas called the Vandaliers. Sick. Uh, they've they've toured with Flogging Molly a whole bunch. Um, and they're great. So uh, it's, it's going to be a really fun night. Hell yeah. Amazing. Well, my friends, there's a handful of tickets left to see Bowling for Soup Live. Otherwise, you're going to have to wait for Download Festival later on in the year. Country music as well is going to be on the way from Jarrett at some point in 2024. My friends, show a lot of love and appreciation for one of the greatest of all time. Jarrett Reddick from Bowling for Soup. Cheers, for me, guys. Thank you, man. Take care. Let's go, Steelers. Let's go. <laughs> oh that yeah, is, is that's one of my favorite interviews that we've ever done on this show man yeah it's just so just very easy to talk to any yeah and stories for days absolute days like genuinely like we could have sat here and shot the shit for another hour like easily yeah he's got yeah 30 years i didn't know it was 30 years no i didn't either i didn't know i was trying to do the math in my head <laughs> but it's 1994 dude he was uh, as if he was 30 years old though yeah. when bowling for soup started breaking out yeah and getting, getting massive because like, i i assumed he was like early 20s or something because he yeah like he like i i was shocked when he said he's over 50 yeah especially in the you watch the girl or the bad guys want music video you're like yeah that genuinely looks like someone in their early 20s Do you know what? as a uh teenage boy like the girl in that music video crush yeah yeah proper teenage crush proper teenage crush, oh. crush. <laughs> well crush. my friends that is going to do us for hour one of today's show don't you dare go anywhere because we've got a lot coming your way in hour two we are going to be talking as much as possible without giving away spoilers about bring me the horizons tour which ollie and myself were fortunate enough to see in birmingham on friday and yeah little bit of news and then we'll yeah. react to something as well. If there's, no, there's not much been going on, is there? Not really. <laughs> but we'll do our best. But yeah, we'll talk Bring Me and do a reaction in a couple of minutes. See you in a bit. Yes, my friends. Welcome back to the John Mahon Show. Hour two kicks off. I was just having a little mosh to the entrance music there. I don't know if we've ever mentioned this before, but you wrote that, didn't you? Wrote it. Wrote the theme tune. Yeah. Sang the theme tune. <laughs> didn't sing it, but yeah, that's one of my riffs. Yeah. Ollie's a very talented man behind a six string. Yeah, and a four string. Yeah, you're a good bassist as well. And a G string. <laughs> <laughs> well, in this hour, we're going to kick things off by talking about Bring Me the Horizons UK tour. Now, if you're watching right now and you've not been to the show yet, comment in the chat, no spoilers, and we will stay away from spoilers. Otherwise, if no one says anything, we might end up talking. Oh, well, you you want to spoil it? I'll, I'll I'll end up slipping something. John out. loves to know the set list before the yeah, shows. Anyway, absolutely pivotal. Whereas I don't pivotal. I like to be surprised. I'll tell you why. It's because of the beast that is content and the forever machine that we work towards, just constantly uploading. And in order, just a cog in the wheel, yeah, just you? just a cog in the machine, man. So, cog in the wheel, a wheel, uh, yeah, yeah. So, in order, content is king. Yeah, in order to get the shots, you need to know when songs are happening and what to expect. So, yeah, during the Bring Me Show, I was looking at the set list like four or five times, being like, okay, cool, this song's coming at this. Surely, it ruins the because sometimes some of like the production and the way they intro songs. It's like meant to be a bit of a surprise. Yeah, true. 
True. It's the, pr- it's the price that you pay to to the industry. Yeah. Yeah. But failing that, it is always good to look back yeah. and have some videos of the shit that actually makes you pop as well. And I've never got a problem with people filming at, at gigs. You know how loads of people are like, oh, put your phone away, live in the moment. It's like, nah, fuck it, man. If you pay money to go and experience this thing and you want to remember a specific part of that thing, take your phone out. I don't, yeah. Joe, I filmed some songs, but then I don't even do anything with it. Mm. I posted like a couple of clips. Yeah, you post them on the Forever Loud. Yeah. I posted, uh, or they, they played the new song, Kool-Aid. Yeah. For the third time ever, we saw it. And the production on that. So should we start off with Bringley's production? Production. Probably one of the best productions in the game. Yeah. Right no. Yeah. Just the way they, it was a similar setup to how they had it download. Yeah. But with updated visuals. And just like the detail that they put into every single song. Yeah. Every single song has its own identity, its own set of animations. Yep. And even like the production that goes outside of the LED board. So example, Shadow Moses, it starts snowing. It's very winter themed yeah. in keeping with the they music They actually video. had like the snow. Snow falling from the falling, ceiling. Yeah, which, which is a nice touch. Yeah, genius. Tunes like Amen, which is obviously a very post-human next gen. That's the first time they introduced fire in the set list. Yeah. And that's the first time. Up until, what I loved as well is they saved the flame pyro. So they built to it. They used CO2 first. Yeah. So you got CO2 blast on like the first four or five songs oh no four songs then song number five amen comes in and all of a sudden it's like cool here's the gates of fucking Joel, hell my favorite part is, is they have different confetti for different songs yeah yeah i like the confetti <laughs> yeah because there's heart-shaped confetti heart-shaped for, for can, you heart. can you feel my heart yeah genius and it's like those small little details mean so much to fan bases like i remember when 21 pilots were doing their trench tour and their confetti was yellow for that run to match like the yeah. album aesthetic did you manage to get one of my chems at, when we were young no do you know what the confetti was no dollar notes with their faces on it was it yeah <laughs> We managed, everyone had like snatched them up and there was one like behind the uh, gate by the stage. So we asked like secure one of the people working out there if they can hand us one. That's genius. Yeah. Oh. Worth, probably worth something. One yeah. I wish I'd have known that. Cause yeah, like when 21 pilots sprinkled their confetti down on the trench tour, like in jumpsuit, there's a bit in the music video where people are throwing yeah. um, stuff off a cliff and like they sprinkled it at the point in that song, like in the music video. And it's like those small attentions to detail yeah. that you can't put a price on I, as a fan going to experience a show. In uh, Kool-Aid, they had the uh, booby angel thing on the screens <laughs> the, the three-titted monster yeah but it uh, when the uh breakdown happens the the angel's like that oh is it it's not like a no yeah. i missed that that's sick yeah <laughs> yeah and i mean like if we're talking about those elements as well bring me a recording a song at the moment live at these shows and they're using fans to sample a specific part of that song. Yeah. So apparently, I don't know. I mean, so they're going to do it this whole tour, I imagine. Yeah. And then they're just going to use, and um, like, I guess they record, they have mics at the front of the stage. Yeah. And just so let it record this whole crowd singing something. We won't give it away. Yeah. But there's a few lines. And then, yeah, that'll be, that'll sound insane on headphones. Yeah. And did you notice at Especially the end? Now, oh, God. Have you heard of um, Dolby Atmos? No. 
So a lot of major labels now are requesting that artists, especially big artists, get their music mixed for Dolby Atmos, which is like basically surround sound. Oh, damn. So there's like this, this new sort of speakers and headphones coming out that will be Dolby Atmos. So when you put them on, it's like sound from all over this place. Damn. So I imagine Bring Me will do something like that. That's cool. I mean, again, like make your shit sound as good as possible. Like if you're going to make it, make it sound as good as yeah. possible. Just like a freeze, just hear me at the back. <laughs> Hello, Ollie, you fucking know <laughs> Well, did you notice as well, after they finished playing, they played teaser clips. Oh, no, no. Uh, During, yeah. So sorry, yeah, after the... There was a, I, no, it was before, before they recorded the audience, they so, played teaser um, clips. Ollie's trying, trying out his acting, isn't he? Do you like acting chops. I mean, there was like a back and forth between him and Evel, the uh, AI yeah. thing. <laughs> it was just funny because it was like, obviously it's pre-recorded, the AI thing. So Ollie has to go back and forth with it. And I thought his timing was a little bit off on some of <laughs> Occasionally, yeah. But we don't love him for his acting. And to be fair, like given the speed of that segment, so basically like, the way it works is Ollie's like, I want to record a song with a crowd tonight. And then Eve's like, do you mean this one? And he's like, no, do you mean this oh, one? No, like, no, 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 Yeah. No, all right. <laughs> <laughs> but what was interesting- Some Hollyoaks acting. Was one of the clips that played, is a song called Limousine. And mm. it's been going around the internet that that song is going to feature Billie Eilish. Really? Yeah. How was that? So apparently Ollie- commented on one of Billie Eilish's photos saying, want to do a song together. And then he just commented again a couple of minutes later, just saying limousine. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Imagine that. They de they've 100% confirmed got one with Under Oath because that yep. was on the visuals. Yep. Wasn't there another one? I can't remember. Was there another feature? I think there might be another feature. But yeah, it didn't, it didn't have Billie's name on it. But all the clips they played sounded fucking great yeah they sound insane i think as well there's going to be a ch uh, tune with bad omens on it yeah i think that's a given yeah well unfortunately we didn't get anti-vist with noah in birmingham yeah hasi just said that anti-vist featuring noah looked insane the video uh hopefully they play it on the eu tour my favorite song and i haven't seen it live yet yeah so noah's been coming out for anti-vist but in birmingham there was a really long crowd stoppage like really really long and I don't know whether it was because of that that Antivis yeah. with Noah got cut, but they still did like, Antivis, but no Noah. Yeah. Although we did see Antivis with Caleb in Malta. Yeah, we did. That was very good. <laughs> that was obscene. And then Courtney came out for Chelsea Smile. Smile as well. Ollie from Static Dress did Alligator Blood. Ridiculous. Ridiculous when you think about that throwback set. Yeah. <laughs> We've been spoiled for Bring Me Here. We, we really have. We really, really have. And spoil on this tour as well. Like, again, not going into too much detail about the set list, but I will. The set opens with Dark Side, goes into Empire, Let Them Sing. When was the last time you heard that yeah, at a Bring Me show? That was one of the ones I thought. Oh, just reminding you that Sempaternal is basically an album of singles. Yeah. It wasn't the only Sempaternal. Obviously, did Shadow Moses, but they always do Shadow Moses. Yeah. What else did they do? Antivist. Antivist. And then, is this a, is this a spoiler at the end? The encore. Encore. That's because I I that's was not, like that's the spirit though. Yeah, that's the yeah. But I I was like they're definitely gonna play Lost, definitely gonna play Throne. Wasn't expected. Inspecting Doom. 
I wasn't I wasn't expecting doomed either, but but you looked at the set list, so you did. So you were. I did look at the set list, but I had seen for the last couple of months because weirdly, like you know, when a band just trends on Twitter out of nowhere, and it's just because loads yeah. of fans are talking about them at that time. There was a time where Bring Me a Training on Twitter, I just clicked on it, and it was just loads of fans posting how much they love them. But there was one tweet that had like a thousand likes, which is like Bring Me Need to Put Doomed in the set list. Yeah. And they're a very active internet band, so I was wondering whether Ollie saw that tweet and went, "Eh, do you know what? Let's open up the encore with it because yeah, it's the song that opens up. That's the spirit, and as not just an album opener, but a set opener or an encore opener, you like hearing it live again, you forget how fucking hard that chorus yeah. hits. Like Ollie's false fold for set, like the scream that he does on it with that. So go right on my parade. Yeah. Oh, his voice was sounding incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Credit where it's due. Ollie, Ollie sounded the best that he sounded. I will say, man, like there was a noticeable absence of that Jordan fish there. Yeah, but um, like it felt weird. Other the other guitarist, which I never remember his name, mm. that you thought he'd, this is the first time you've ever yeah, seen him, <laughs> even though he's been playing with them for the past ten years or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> he was stepping up to do some vocals. Yeah, which and he didn't sound bad. Yeah, it's just it's just not not Jordan. Yeah, either. I think he had Jordan had a very distinctive. He could do like some of the bits that. Ollie would drop out for it was it was him and Ollie's harmonies and the way their yeah. voices worked in tandem with each other that like, I love so much like you know over the years I've done so many like questions and stuff like on Instagram just asking people various different nerdy things and like one question I remember asking is like what is the best like vocalist backing vocalist combo in rock music you know like you got I Prevail who've got the dual vocalist yeah. combination you've got you Take know, Him Back Sunday yeah yeah exactly um, like Blink but they're both lead I guess Blink would be a great answer because it's, yeah. it's, 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 yeah, just dueling vocalists, like two people who play off each other in the back, the blackout, like the way those boys rolled. Like, it's something that can make a band sound so unique in comparison to everyone else. It's like, I Prevail, I don't think, would be the same band if it was one person Little trying... Little Mix. It's a great example. But I don't think I Prevail would be the same band if it was one person well, trying the, to do both of those things. Yeah. Well, they've got this sort of... But like the screams, rap and the singing, yeah. which they both take on. Yeah. And, you know, it adds it adds such an element to the band. So yeah, like that is that is heartbreaking. But I mean overall, it it goes to show that Bring Me the Horizon uh still and probably will continue to be the biggest band in the world. Yeah. Especially if they've got Billy Eilish on a new track. Yeah, jeez. Like that's gonna just bring if it is true, it's all speculation hearsay but that's going to bring so many new eyes and ears yeah. to bring me even well, i mean look look massive. at what billy eilish did for not loose man yeah. like the fact that billy eilish went to watch not loose side of stage at coachella then all of a sudden you've got like coachella people going to not loose shows because they're like the cool heavy band to like yeah you've got, you've got little kids going off 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 yeah <laughs> not loose motherfucker <laughs> yeah and but yeah I, how would you rank that bring me show in all the bring me shows you've seen it wasn't as good as download see uh, i think it was on par with download for me do you think i liked the progression of the um production because mm. obviously i was i thought it was just gonna be the same thing but they like obviously updated oh, they it. juiced it they yeah they juiced it up like for me it wasn't as good as downloads because download... downloads production i did 
but I guess because you're on a bigger stage and it's outdoors, yeah, you get away with a lot more fire. Yeah, but what I will say is it's the best arena show that I've ever seen from Bring Me. And one thing we didn't mention whilst we were nerding out about production is the fucking laser show, man. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Bro. It's for the... It's for the cure into Kingslayer. Whoever programmed that laser show should be booked up for the rest of their life putting together laser shows because whatever they did for that package. I like that they they held off on it until the, those songs. Yeah. And it was just like, whoa, lasers. But that's what I mean with the way in which this production was structured. It was like they, they started out so minimal and then built to the gates of hell opening with Throne yeah. at the end. It's like, start with CO2 blasts. I think they had like confetti and streamers on Dark Side and one other song. Then fire comes in on Amen. Yeah. Then lasers come in. Then the more you get towards the end, it's like the more they're just hitting the everything you know button. What the most touching moment of the show was. Was it Strangers? Uh, drown when Ollie had the uh, cel- had the camera and the, yeah. uh, this what he was filming was on the screens. Yeah. He was going into like, the crowd and singing with, with all the fans. Yeah, and you love could it. see how much it meant to those kids at the front because yeah. the kids that are in the front, they've been there for hours, twenty four hours. Show probably doors open at half five. They've been there since then. Some people camp out the night before. I don't know if that's still a Not, thing. Yeah, they but... haven't been to the toilet once. They've just no. been at the front. Yeah, waiting and then they get rewarded with that. Yeah. It's, just, it's it like touching. seeing an arena band break that massive room down to feel that intimate to their front row core audience. Yeah. Like it's something that, as you said, yeah, it's a life changing memory that people will hold on to forever. Yeah. I bet those kids are still talking about it now. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. You would like, they, they haven't washed. Since <laughs> Ollie rubbed up against this. Right. Ollie's sweat. Ollie. <laughs> so yeah if you're off to go and see bring me the horizon hopefully we didn't spoil it too much for you but if you've already been to see bring me the horizon let us know your thoughts in the comments what you enjoyed about it what you loved about the show the set list the production and one thing that we didn't talk about was how good bad omens were as a support band as well very good noah sounded insanely good his yeah. voice was incredible yeah like just tight and their production was great band. i was chatting to um one of their lighting laser guy and videographer yeah. guy yeah afterwards and he was like basically they because they had to scale what they had down f- to fit so basically it, f- it sat on top of bring me set yeah so if you notice they basically it's like a stage on a stage yeah so they could just pull it off yeah and put it back on and but yeah it was like they just built that rig just for this tour and it's basically like a little arena show because they, they had the screens in there yep. they had like lighting rigs yep and like yeah it was it was very well done yeah and if you're talking about using space economically as well like as a support band to a band on a arena show like that you're gonna have to set up in front of whatever they got that's just yeah that's just the way it is but well, it was it was kind of like <clears throat> obviously bad omens got a bit more space but then like cassia and static dress basically had like <laughs> yeah the core of the stage to yeah. work with yeah and again like you know the lower but, down yeah. you are in an arena build the more that's going to be the game you got to play but as a main support it's very rare to see a main support get that much wiggle room with what they want to do and what i loved yeah. is how economically bad omens use that space so like they've as ollie mentioned they've got two screens either side but then they had like these like claws that were like 
LED lights clawing yeah, up yeah. back over onto themselves, over the top of the band. And again, it made it feel like Bad Omens had their own stage. But it was, I feel like Bad Omens at some point in the near future are going to be doing headline arenas on yeah. their own. Yeah, without over a doubt. Here. Without a doubt. So it's kind of, and then like the, their sound, excuse me, um, <laughs> like it suits arenas, that, that music. Like just the massive choruses and like yep. it, the crowd were loving it. Yep. Joe, I've, I don't think I've seen an arena that full for a support band. No. Because it was literally full from the front to the back. Yeah. And well, in the I seats as well. And in the seats as well, yeah. And what I loved, and you very rarely get this with a support band. This is usually headliner territory. If a headline band have got LED screens on, they'll be flashing up lyrics to songs, especially the newer ones. Yeah. Bad Omens having their own screens meant they had the luxury of flashing lyrics up to songs. So if they're playing to brand new fans and brand new eyes and brand new ears who you know might not have heard a Bad Omens song before, Great they've Paramore got song. yeah. <laughs> Great Paramore record, brand new eyes. Oh, brand new eyes. Hey, let's go. <laughs> He's always vigilant, Ollie. Always vigilant. And so I've, got, I've got these brand new eyes. <laughs> I'm tired today. My puns aren't slinging. Uh, you're, you're batting a high average, my friend. But yeah, Bad Omens had the luxury of being able to flash lyrics up, which means if you don't know any of these songs, you can still sing along to them because you're getting told what to yeah. sing. And it's like, all of a sudden, you'll leave that show with a Bad Omens song stuck in the back of your head and you're more likely to go and check that band out because of it. Yeah. Although saying that, there was a lot of singing along. There was a lot of people that knew the song. Oh yeah, 100%. That's not discrediting like the Bad Omens yeah. collective that turned up, but it means like on top of that, on top of having your own representation there, the new fans that you're going to pick up are going to yeah. be a lot in, in more of an abundance. Because you forget that Bring Me, like a lot of Bring Me's fan base are probably quite new. Yeah. Probably like Ammo onwards. Yep. So they don't, they don't know... Bring Me are in the such a great position and it's a similar position of Fallout Boy where they're f like, br the older Bring Me get, the more young fans they seem to keep bringing in. Like yeah. the bigger the band gets, the more young fans find them, discover them and fall in, with, fall in love with them. Because I guarantee you there'd have been anywhere from like, you know, 10 year old fans all the way through to 60 year old fans yeah. at that Birmingham show. Yeah. Yeah. And it's Even so like, Joe, you know I was, where I was sat, there was, a guy and his mum. Yeah. There. Yeah. She was loving it. She knew all the words. Yeah. There you go. So, you like know. bring me are a generational band, very similar to bowling for soup. And what we were chatting with Jarrett about in our one where Jarrett was saying like, he's now at the stage where he's seeing three, four generations of bowling for soup fans turning up at shows. And it's like, Hey, I was playing to your granddad years ago at this pub show. And now like, I'm, <laughs> I'm playing to the grandkid. It's like, that's what bring me the horizon are going to be doing. It's like, they are so accessible for a younger generation with the aesthetic, with, you know, the well they have just painted the blueprint of heavy music for the last what 10 years at like least they yeah. do they do an album and then other bands will could do. even argue before that man because like there was a lot of copycat yeah. off there as a hell the whole career has basically just been like so many bands copying what bring me horizon yeah. are doing and then they change up the sound and then the other bands change up the sound yeah and not every band's been bold enough to do it yeah. how Bring Me have done it. Like, you know, if you imagine like, you know, you couldn't see a band like I Prevail going into the studio and doing a record like Ammo. No. Although he's got, they got the pop. pop they do. They, yeah, they do. But I mean, like as, as direct as Ammo was just in terms of being like, hey. But the thing is, Ammo, I feel like people forget that 
mantra as well. Ammo. Dude, uh, everyone um, forgets. What's about the one? What's the one with? Um, wonderful life, Danny. Yeah, wonderful life. So they've still got the heavy songs like. Uh, Dude. So yeah, mantra, wonderful sugar, sugar life, honey, sugar honey iced tea. Yep, mother tongue. Heavy metal is a great one for me. What man. a song! Just because of the fact it's such a fuck you. Yeah, <laughs> it's such a fuck you. Cause a kid on the gram in a black dolly attack says it ain't heavy metal. Yeah, but it's like that album. Yeah, it has like pop, really poppy songs, but a lot of the songs aren't that far away. No, from regular bring me songs. No, and. <clears throat> I feel like that album opened up the floodgates for a record like Post Human because Bring Me basically just went, yeah, we can still do, we, we've never not been able to do the heavy stuff. It's the other sounds that we wanted to fuck around with. Like it's, you know, the more melodic composition or the pop composition or, you know, playing around with synthesizers, beats, yeah. like different aspects on features. It's like allow a band to go and, fuck around for a that's little bit and I, find a new lane and a new motive. But that's what I really like about Kool-Aid. Yeah, it, man. It seems to have brought all those bits from like old Bring Me to new Bring Me into one. Like they've still got like the heavy bits. I love Ollie, that chorus, Ollie, man. Like the way Ollie goes into the falsetto on top and then goes all the way down. It's such a good song. I've listened to it quite a few times now. Yeah. I think it gets better the more you listen to it. Yeah, yeah, 100%. A lot of... Bring me the horizon songs instantly become earworms. Like, do you remember like the first time we heard Strangers in Malta? Like, we were like, "That's a chorus." Yeah, like, that's just a flat out fucking chorus. And hearing that acoustically, actually, yeah, at the arena show was a nice little, a nice cliche, little cliche acoustic number. Yeah, that's what Ollie said. Yeah, <laughs> it, but it's it's a great number to put acoustically though. Yeah, yeah, that was that was a very nice moment. But I feel like we talk about Bring Me a lot on this. We do. Yeah, we absolutely do. <laughs> the bring me the horizon show yeah with john mahon yeah <laughs> and you know occasionally we switch lanes to sleep token yeah <laughs> so yeah uh obey was in the set list as well elliot pointed out yeah no young blood yeah i thought they might have done something video based. but they've done that before though haven't well they, they have like uh it's like just an animation of like a it, robot yeah robots yeah in it um, but I reckon he'll probably come out in like London or something. Right? Oh yeah, for sure. That's a very good. Or show. Are they playing Sheffield? Yes, that'll be a big one on it. Friday show. Yeah, on Friday. So yeah, if anyone has seen Bring Me the Horizon, let us know your thoughts. And if you're going to see Bring Me the Horizon, you're gonna have a fucking amazing time. So yeah, Bring yeah. Me Review. <laughs> Tick. <laughs> Nine out of ten. Nine out of ten. I give it. And that's high for me. That is very high for you. Yeah. I don't often give tens, so Yeah. I mean, like download is a flat ten out of ten for me. So yeah, I'd agree. Nine out of ten. Great review <laughs> from my brothers. Yeah. That's all you need. That's this is the only critics you need. Yeah. We are the voice of I, music. Yeah. Not just in the UK but around the world 25 as well. Twenty five year old, twenty one year old man. And <laughs> A 21-year-old man. <laughs> Not 35. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what are we talking about? Next, you want to touch on an album which has been out for a while. Yeah. So when Ollie got to the studio today, I said that 
all I've been listening to recently is the main. And this happens every time the main drop a new album. They drop a new album. I listen to it like two or three times, enough for it to make my top 10 albums of the year. And then I place it way too low. And then at the start of the year, when there's no new music to listen to, I'll listen to that main album fucking days on end and go, why did I not put this higher in my albums of the year? And that's exactly what's happened this year. So the main dropped a self-titled album last year and it has got just all killer no fill. It's about half an hour in length and it's everything that I say that should make this band one of the biggest bands in the world. Choruses for days, melodically beautiful. Like John's voice sounds amazing. His lyrics are fucking fantastic. Like how are this band not one of the biggest bands on the planet? And it, like, it's very 1975-y in places. Yeah. Like it feels like indie pop, They've rock, had daytime sort of, radio. Sort of janky, guitar riffy, like sort of picked melodies that yeah. counteract with each other. And yeah, I think they've been doing that for a while now. They just write such nice songs, man. I really love the guitar tone. Yeah. Because it's kind of, it's not super clean. It's got a little bit of crunch to it, mm. but it's just so pleasant. It's, yeah, it's, it's so, like. It cuts through the mix so nice. It's a nice sound. Like they yeah. put together nice sounds really well. Even live, I remember seeing them when, when we were young and their guitar tone was just. Yeah, man. And chef's kisses. Dude, like I've seen him live a good few times now. And I like one of the highlights that I've seen him was that when we were young festival, because you got that collaboration with Charlotte Sands and Adam Lazara from Taking Back Oh yeah, Sunday they came out, didn't they? On Loved You A Little. Loved You A Little for me is one of the greatest songs released in the last 10 years. Adam Lazara came out in a poncho, if I remember. Did he? Looked like a Mexican. <laughs> Did he look like Jared Leto? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So the song that I want to play for Ollie and for you Jared right now. Because <laughs> Ollie's not heard this. And I don't know if is this, you've uh, heard this either. So this is the main. Is this new one? Is this like... This came like out little, five days ago, five days but ago. it's off. It's off the album. It's off the album. So what they're doing at the moment is the album self-titled. It's called The Main. But what they're doing is they're releasing some of the big songs off that album with other bands doing guest vocals. So they did okay. one for Thoughts I Have While Lying in My Bed with Beach Weather. Have you had a Beach Weather? No. Oh, they're right. I felt it. Yeah. But the one you're about to listen to is called Leave in Five and it features Mr. Wives. Have you heard of them? No. No. Got my finger on the pulse. <laughs> New music. I, I've heard of them a handful of times, but when I saw their name, because I've just seen the name around, but when I saw their name on this, I was like, I'll give it a listen. And like, oh yeah, just hit play. It's so fucking good, man. What do you think? Again, I love their production. It's, right? so, it's so clean. Like everything sits in the mix so nice. I, I like it. I like it a lot. It's daytime rock radio at its finest, man. Like... I don't understand how, like, you don't just turn on Radio 1 and you, you hear a song from the main. Yeah. I just don't get it. I mean, yeah. You'd think American radio, they'd get some more plays. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. I, like, I think they're a very similar size in the States to how they are in the UK. Yeah. Like, maybe fractionally bigger in America, but not by a lot. So, who do we have to speak to? Yeah. To get them bigger. But this is where the feature comes in. And there's something about the way John O'Callaghan's voice harmonizes with like a female vocal. Because with Charlotte Sands on Loved You A Little, the way their voices harmonize with each other yeah. was just addictive. And it's the same with this Mr. Wives collaboration. Like when this chorus hits in a second, the notes that she gets up to, like compared to like where John just sits, it sounds again, like you were saying about a collection of nice noises. It's just nice to listen to. Scr scratches... That bit of your brain. Mm. 
real good. Yeah, good frequencies. And I'm such a fan as well of bands releasing an album and then just teaming up with other people and writing like new harmonies or just like making that song come to life in a slightly different way with, with just a secondary voice on it. I, I love that idea. Keep the album cycle rolling. Yeah. And I guess, it, yeah, New Year, get more people on the main ship. <laughs> um, no. Oh, the main ship. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. In the main vein. The main, yeah. <laughs> Mainland. Mainland. Yeah, there we go. You should start a fan club page <laughs> called the mainland, the mainland. <laughs> all right let's do some Get shout outs one. we've got elliot who got in touch to say about <laughs> i think good john reed <laughs> talk about bring me the horizon say oh yo how's it going guys we're good elliot how are you bro and then that was yeah talk about bring me the horizon and saying i think it was the same level for download but for different reason ollie well done for explaining why yeah, so he agrees with me it was on the same level as, as download. download. Right, with you. With you. Right, my friends. That's pretty much time for today, isn't it? Yeah, don't want to bore you. Yeah, like, that That was a fucking show. Slow news week. Yeah. But it's just, it's the new year, isn't it? It's no, yeah. no one can be asked. Doing yeah, before. I don't have a, a guest lined up yet for next week, but I'll see if I can get us two guests. One for hour one, one for hour two, whilst we're on a bit of a slow news time at the moment and uh, don't forget we did a 2023 roundup that was our last show last year and on that we do like album of the year songs of the year festivals of the year so if you want to go and check out some new tunes i think i left off listed off 50 songs for songs it's, of the year it's a it's a struggle to, to listen through that but yeah <laughs> Thanks for i'm kidding i'm kidding Ollie's like, two hours. I zoned out after 10 minutes. Two hours of pure gold. Yeah, just me. Stick and... it on at the gym. Yeah. Got a long drive. Got a long drive and you want to discover some new tunes, go to that show. You can't on... listen to them, but you can listen to us talk about them. Well, no, what you can do is you can listen to like... Us... Then stop it, but be careful if you're driving. Oh, yeah, yeah. Maybe don't do that if you're driving, but then yeah, queue up some fire. Listen to the whole episode, then listen to the songs. Yeah, there we go. Yeah? Yeah, sound. <laughs> right, all that's left for me to say is my name's John Mahon. Peace and love. Stay alive. I'm Ollie Rout. Go fuck yourselves. Take care. Bye.